0: Speaking of goody-two-shoes, Mido, (laughs) the buzz.
1: How are you, buddy? Oh, what about you, Clarky? How (laughs) fresh do you sound, (laughs)
0: mate? What about you? It's nice to be back, mate. Nice
1: and fresh.
0: little overweight, but nice and fresh.
1: Yeah, the boys quizzed you about your...
0: Yes, yes, they have uh, on-air and
1: off-air. What did you reveal?
0: Uh, not much that you don't already know, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Oh, no, I did keep an eye on your social media. I, I had a good time,
0: buddy. It was really good. But it is nice to be home, i got to say.
1: What about you and James Packer, eh? You're flying. What a, What do you mean? Mate, I'm straight out getting out in the tinny on Port Hacking, and you're on a $190 million boat.
0: 280000000 million, don't sell it short <laughs> but yeah, you're right, I'm very lucky
1: yeah, I'll take it out of my kidney one day, Clark.
0: I'm very, very well, you lucky you still owe him a feed, Buzz Yes Yeah, I do, I
1: do, yeah
0: Fish and chips Oh, mate,
1: you're flying, mate I've never, as I said on this show last week I've never known anyone such an exciting countdown to the final Just to take off for a
0: month you know yeah, right? <laughs> that's what I needed it yeah, Mate, it's, the way the Tigers are playing, I had to go in hiding
1: <laughs> Yeah, well What about your
0: Sharkies, though? On fire, aren't they?
1: I tell you what, Clark, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I agree. And the job Craig Fitzgibbon's done, I know Todd Payton's had a great year at the Cows and uh, Ivan Cleary again at Penrith, but she's going to be hard to knock off the Coach of the Year. And <laughs> I just like the feel of the squad. I love the culture that people like Nico Hines and Dale can have brought to the um, to, to the Shire. Um, they're turning up every week. They rarely have an off day like um, a few other Contenders and yeah, no, it's really exciting. And um, I heard Laurie say earlier, and I know we're going to talk about this a bit later. This is such an exciting run home to the finals, Mm. and I reckon any of six teams can win. Obviously, Penrith, the $2.25 favourites with the TAB, but like you said, Loss, I just cannot work out who they'll be playing. And um, to have South and the Roosters strike form over the last month. is so great for this competition. The Cowboys had, um, you know, they didn't play great against the yeah. Roosters the other day, but the Sharks and the Storm can win as well. It's it's great for rugby league, and, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for the next seven weeks till grand final. Yeah, it? I
2: think all those sides you mentioned, Buzz, and I failed to mention the Sharks there before, but they're certainly capable. I, I just look at it and go... Yeah, you know, Penrith are the standout, and they've been the best side. But you know, they're starting to get a few injuries, and you just don't know what's going to happen. But all those other teams, you could make a case for them playing in the grand final, which I think, as you mentioned, is exciting. And I don't know. We we, we over the last couple of years, we've probably had one or two standout sides, and mm. the teams that are expected to get there get there, and they, you know, the Roosters or Penrith or Melbourne have won it. But I, I just like the fact that someone could possibly play well on the day. And cause an upset?
1: Just like, uh, Loz, the look of those sisters and rather those um, rosters, and you'd look through the big game experience of the Tedescos, the Kearys, the Martin's, Garabura, Hargreaves, to the to you know, the Cameron Murray, the to Tommy Burgess, um, rookie half, but Cody Walker and Luttrell. And I honestly think this is a year we could see a side out of the top four be there on grand final day with an even money chance of winning. I really do, and it's, it's great for the competition. As I said, we've got the Allianz Stadium opening and blockbust around 25, then what could be an all-time final series.
2: Big news yesterday for the Bulldogs, signing Cameron Sorrell though for five years.
1: Yeah, massive story. Um, Gus finally got his man. He, he threw a few dummies along the way, Gussie, and originally... <laughs> no, surely not. <laughs> told a few, few porkies, but um, look, he told us originally he wanted an experienced coach because of the magnitude of the uh, rebuild at Billmore and that immediately shone the light on Shane Flanagan and Michael McGuire, who both won premierships, but... Um, Really, he always wanted Cameron Sorraldo, who was 38 will be the youngest coach in the NRL, but a terrific talent. He's um, been a great right-hand man for Ivan Cleary at the Panthers with all their success in recent years. He's their Minister for Defence there. He's the one who designed all the strategies to to keep their line intact, which has just been so outstanding in recent times. Look, the, the only thing I will say... It's just because you're out of a Penrith system or a Melbourne system, it doesn't automatically make you a great coach. And I wrote this morning about Trent Barrett only having a 14% win record despite the rap on Baz when he came out of Penrith. And Gough Brennan, too, um, um, at the Titans, had a tough run. I think he had a 30% win record. And you look at guys like Adam O'Brien who came out of Melbourne and then had a year under Trent Rock. So it doesn't mean, um, you're going to be an immediate success, but I've got this feeling that Cameron they will prove that um, theory wrong, that um, he's got what it takes. I think it's enormous for Canterbury in that he knows the pathways so well at Penrith. He's been there over a decade on their coaching staff, knows how to bring young players through. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a huge coup for the Bulldogs. I spoke to the TAB guys last week and they haven't put a market up for next year yet. But when you add Billy Kickow and Reed Marney to the list that up until the Warriors game were playing really good football, put them in with Matty Burton and the rest of the top. I think they're going to be a real top eight chance next year.
0: Buzz, you mentioned Trent Barrett. Does this open up the door for him to even go back to the Panthers as an assistant?
1: Oh, probably not Clarky. Look, he's been there twice as an assistant. Mm. Um, It was with Ivan Cleary originally and then he went to Manly. Then he um, quit Manly and went back there. I don't think he'd come back three times. But look, what I wrote on the weekend, and I think this would be a terrific move for St. George Illawarra. They've they've dumped their two assistant coaches and Wade um, and James Graham. So Anthony Griffin is looking for new assistants, assistants who can connect with younger players, which Trent Barrett has proven at. I think Baz is a great assistant coach, and he showed that at Penrith with the early development of young Cleary and Jerome Luai and Matt Burton. and all those guys came through while he was the assistant. And I think he'd be an absolute coup for the Dragons. They've got terrific young players coming through. You saw... Um, Amone yesterday down in the National Capital, what did he score three tries? Mm. And I think it's time St. George did bring through some of the younger players, and um, it'd be really exciting there to have Baz alongside um, Anthony Griffin to oversee that.
2: What did you make of Mealy yesterday, Buzz? And given that performance, how much of an effect do you think it's played on their minds You know, the day that they decided, the seven decided not to wear that pride jersey.
1: Um, I said at the time, loss, and I've been saying it like a broken record ever since, I think it's fractured the dressing sheds. And again, I don't want to be critical of those players. I'd just like to hear from them, uh, the seven who pulled out, to get a better understanding of their reasons. But they weren't. Uh, they, they were really poor. What did they leak yesterday, 38 points, something like that, to the Titans. That's just not on for a team that was mathematically still alive in the competition. And now, um, I know Brent Reed wrote in the Daily Telegraph on Saturday about the clauses in Des's contract and the fact Des's manager George Bimas, um, met with the club two weeks ago, but can't get rid of that clause in the contract that he has to make the top eight or top six this year to get an extension so what this means is Des is going to be under enormous pressure to turn it all around next year I don't know if they've brought in a lot of new talent, they're losing Kieran Foran, they've got to get Josh Hughes to fit to play 5-8 next year so it's a real turning point moment for the Seagulls it's been really, really disappointing the back end of the season and Obviously, the Pride jersey um, has affected them because what you had ten players who were prepared to turn up and play for their season against the Roosters. Mm-hmm. What was it, two or three weeks ago? What you had seven that didn't. And again, I'm not blaming them. It was a total lack of consultation from the um, from the club. They didn't handle it properly, but. Um, I think it has ruined their season um, because they're not playing anything like we know they can.
2: Can I read between the lines here, Buzz, that there's not total support there for Dez?
1: I think you can. And um, wow. I think Spot, Scott Penn came when he arrived back from America during this crisis. He said, look, Des is here as long as he wants. but. If Des was here as long as he What? there'd be more public support. Yeah, and you'd sign him event. up, wouldn't you? Just extend him. Is
0: that from board, you reckon, laws or players? I don't know. Yeah,
2: I, okay. I, I, I thought Des would just be there for as long as he wanted to be there, mm. but I, I'm sort of reading between the lines here. They're saying, well, they're not going to take out and we're not going to give Des another year. We'll see how we go next year. Mm. I, I'm just sitting back going, well, if you really wanted him, you'd be extending him now. Mm.
1: Yeah, look. You remember when Bulldog broke the pride jumper story, and Des and Dally Cherry Evans did a press conference, and I thought they both showed outstanding leadership, in front up to the cameras, and tried to tell the story and, and give people an understanding, and uh, you know, of the entire situation that it, that had rocked the club. But Des was quite critical of the management, the football club management and the board for the manner in which they handled it. Um, I say good on him. We want honesty. We want the truth out there. We want to know why this situation eventuated, but I don't think it won him any support from the board. They're expecting him to, I think, tow more of a company line. Mm. Um, But, look, the bottom line is they don't have results this year and I'm not prepared to blame Des for that. I'm really not. I blame the Pride Jersey fiasco and because they were well and truly in the race. Look, they nearly beat us. They weren't that far off the pace against the Roosters that day without seven players. But it's pretty obvious when you're letting the Titans run in 38 points. and you, That was, what, their first win in 10 weeks. I think it's um, you know pretty obvious that there's serious internal problems inside that club. Buzz, you and your colleagues compiled the Rich 100 list, which we saw in the News Corp papers over the weekend. What did you learn from compiling that? i tell you what I have learned. I'm going to do next year. I'm going to do a media rich list. All right?
2: Mm-hmm. And- I know he'll be on top.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'd like to make- <laughs>
1: Well, I know, I know what the Quinella will be. Yeah,
0: Daily Clark, please.
1: Daily Clark.
0: Yeah, in that order too. I agree. No, Then, no.
1: then we move on to the battlers, right?
2: <laughs> the workers, the
1: uh, okay? the
2: grafters, oh. bulldogs, the real people. Oh. <laughs> Talk, talking of the real people, <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the Matty John show last night? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh mate. <laughs> what did
2: Matty you think of the impersonation? Effect. Or the
1: Oh mate, Maddie sent me a text that says, "Wasn't that fun, Buzz?" I said, "I can't repeat what I said." <laughs> it wasn't oh, fake. Oh mate, he loves giving it to me. Those flakes, Fletcher, Heidi, all of them. But anyway, we'll we'll keep going, lads.
2: Yeah, uh, you just got to keep battling on, mate.
1: You know what? My view is, whatever anyone says about you or writes about you, as long as they spell your name right, everything's sweet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not sure I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm happy for him to spell my name wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, you're uh, with clerk with an E, aren't you? I am. But anyway... Today, I um, am. You know, back to that NRL 100 Rich List, and look, what it did expose was uh, at least a dozen or more really questionable deals of players being overpaid in the competition. And my Colin today, I pointed out that we should not, in any capacity, be blaming the players. Like, no-one held a gun for David and Peter's head, and said, you know, you've got to sign here for one, $1.1 million or whatever he's on. No-one ordered Luke Brooks to sign at the West Tigers for $960,000 a year. So what this is, I think, particularly at the struggling clubs, we've seen many, many cases of salary cap mismanagement. Desperate clubs, desperate coaches and recruitment staff attempting to buy immediate success, wanting a quick fix, multi-million dollar signings, no investment in pathways or juniors, no five-year plans, no nothing strategic about rebuilds. And so I think we should be blaming the, the clubs rather than the players for the way some of them have recklessly gone about building strong rosters to win straight away rather than build for sustained success like clubs, like the Roosters, like the Panthers have. Just for all my blues with him over the years, the, the system he set up at Penrith was so first class. And what it's done, it didn't just win them a premiership last year. It set them up for sustained success, like Melbourne Storm. Melbourne Storm have made the finals 10 of the last 10 years, and they've made the top four nine of those last 10 years. And they don't overpay players. They don't do panic signings. So these clubs like the Warriors Titans and the West Tigers have got to steadily rebuild, show some patience, show some metal against, you know, uh, and just just build and they'll eventually get there. But, you know, the West Tigers, for so 900000 at Moses Emball, 900000 at Russell Packard, Joey Lay-Lewis, huge money, Josh Reynolds. It's not money well spent. The Rich list is exposed this. Well,
2: I'll tell you where money was well spent, Buzz, and whatever they paid him, it wasn't enough. Nico Hines, both on and off the field.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a quality human being, this guy. Did you guys see his um at full-time in Tamworth the other day, how he spoke about the, the grieving family mm, of yeah. Green and... It was just delivered so beautifully and uh, Nico Hines has had a lot of experience around mental health and he's had a few personal battles himself and he, he knows a lot of his mates have as well. And If we do an Are You U OK? campaign, I don't think it should be just for one round. I think it should be every round and the game okay. has got an opportunity to here to take a leadership position on that and I heard you very good comments earlier, Clarkie. And I think people like Nicole Hines and, and yourself, Clarkie, with the cricketers need to front these campaigns. And, you know, people listen to their heroes and the, the stars. And if you can save one life, yeah. it's going to be a victory. And um, yeah, it's going to take a long, long time for all of us across the game, uh, the fans, players. Everyone, you know, to get over what happened with Paul Green last week. Yeah. Buzz, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Cheers now.